Welcome back, detectives, to part two of Fred and Rosemary West. In part one, we discuss the background to the crime and the victims, so if you haven't already, please go watch part one. In this episode, we are going to cover the investigation, arrest and trial, and the media responses, and more, so stay tuned. Trigger warnings, SA, bestiality, R word, incest and DV. Also, there are themes towards an aliving oneself. Now, without further delay, let's delve right in with the investigation. It all began to unravel for the West, with a chance conversation between a group of school children and a police officer in Gloucester that triggered an investigation in 1992. Detective Con Hazel Savage heard about a West family joke, which the children had told social workers. The joke was that the couple's missing daughter, Heather West, was under the patio. This was the beginning of the West's trail of murder being uncovered. Eventually, Detective Con Savage convinced senior officers of the possibility that this dark joke may not simply be black humour, but could in fact be true. What followed was Savage uncovering the abuse of Anna Marie and learning about the disappearances of Charmaine and Heather. This warranted further investigation. The younger younger West children were taken into care, and following this, Rose made an attempt to unalive herself, but was found by her son, Stefan, and revived. The case against the West started to collapse when two key witnesses chose not to testify against them. Savage continued to pursue the search for Heather West, and went on to question the West children repeatedly, but unfortunately, they had been too well trained by their parents, and this made it so that they didn't cooperate. On the 23rd of February 1994, police finally managed to obtain a warrant to search the back garden at 25 Cromwell Street. Fred West, 52 at the time, and his wife Rose West were detained on the 25th of February 1994 by detectives who were investigating the disappearance of their daughter Heather and suspected that the couple had murdered their daughter. On the 26th of February 1994, police used mini diggers to pull up the patio in the back garden of the West home, which would uncover Heather's remains first. In 1994, Fred would admit to him murdering his daughter. This admission would lead police to an absolute house of horrors. They would uncover the bodies of nine girls and young women, including the West's daughter, either buried in the garden or the cellar. It only took a few days for two more bodies to be discovered in the garden. They were discovered on the 28th of February 1994. One of those bodies was identified to be the former lodger of the West. Shirley Ann Robinson and her unborn baby. The other wasn't identified immediately, but it was eventually found to be that of Alison Chambers. Then, on the 5th of March, police used specialist electronic sensing devices and discovered two more bodies in the cellar at Cromwell Street. The following day, a sixth set of remains were f- uncovered in the cellar. The bodies that were found belonged to Teresa and Shirley Hubbard. On the 6th of March 1994, the sixth body was located in the basement. 
This was the remains of Lucy Partington. March 7th, 1994, investigators announced that the 7th, 8th and 9th bodies had been discovered in the cellar area. Investigators also announced plans to initiate digging at other locations connected to the sinister couple. The remains that were discovered were those belonging to Juanita Mott, Linda Goff and Carol Ann Cooper. In total, nine bodies were uncovered at Cromwell Street. On the 29th of March 1994, the police initiated digging at Letterbox Field in Kempley. The 10th of April, on the 10th of April, the 10th body was uncovered at Letterbox Field. It was that of Catherine West, also known as Rena. Then, on the 13th of April 1994, the investigators began digging at Finger Post Field, Kempley. On the 28th of April, the search finally concluded at Cromwell Street after 55 days. Then, the 11th body was uncovered on the 4th of May. The remains were discovered under the kitchen floor at 25 Midlands Road. The remains belonged to Fred West's daughter, Charmaine West. The search at Midland Road ended after 32 days on the 26th of May 1994. The 12th body and fetus wouldn't be discovered until the 7th of June at Finger Post Field after searchers had been digging for 56 days. The remains belonged to Anne McFall. The search at Finger Post Field ended on the 17th of June 1994. It's that time where I'm going to give you last week's true crime quiz question. So gather round, detectives, and let's find out if you got it right. As a recap, the former teacher who murdered at least 52 students in Russia, even eating some of his victims in a killing spree that lasted over a decade, he was able to keep killing for so long because Soviet authorities refused to believe serial murder was possible into communism. He was convicted in 1992 and executed with a single gunshot wound to the head. What's the name of the killer that this profile belongs to? If you answered Sergio's catch, well done. It's time you booked yourself a spa day because you deserve it, especially if you pronounce that last name. If you got the answer right, let us know by smashing that like button and posting a video on TikTok of you celebrating. Stay tuned for this week's true crime quiz time later in the episode. Now let's move on to the arrests and trial. On the 27th of February 1994, Rose West was released on police bail. This was just one day after her daughter's remains were discovered to have been buried into the patio, just like the Wests had joked about. It was the following day on the 28th of February when Fred West would make his first court appearance, having been charged with the murder of Heather West. West did claim sole responsibility for the murders and when Rose came to hear of her husband's confession, she denied all knowledge of Heather's death. While Fred was on remand in Birmingham, Anna Marie learned of his denial of any wrongdoing and reached out to police to offer a damning statement that went into detail as to the full extent of her experiences as a child. She recounted all of the extensive sexual, physical and mental abuse she had endured from Fred and Rose. In her statement, she also mentioned how she had been unsuccessful in her lengthy and multiple attempts to trace her mother, Rena, and half-sisters, Charmaine and Heather. 
It was at this point that she agreed to testify in both Fred and Rose's trials. Whilst establishing the facts about Anna Marie's statement, police interviewed Chris Davis, Anna Marie's husband, where he divulged that Heather had confided in him how unhappy she was. He maintained that while Heather hadn't gone in depth about any essay, Chris felt so concerned about what Heather had shared that he had offered to confront Lois on her behalf, to which he claims she begged him not to, stating that she thought that they would kill her, stating that she thought they would kill them both. At this point, not knowing Heather's fate, he suggested that they should discuss the abuse with her. Shortly after this, Anna Marie withdrew her statement, stating that she feared for her siblings if they were exposed to Rose's vindictiveness. But on the 3rd of March, Fred would collapse while in court. It was at this point that he was charged with three murders. This would jump to being charged with five murders on the 10th of March. West went on to admit the presence of the bodies in the cellar to the police and establishing their identities would be a mammoth task. Then, on the 14th of March, 1994, Rose West would have the audacity to deny any involvement in the alleged murders through her solicitor. The Gloucester inquest formally identified the nine victims of Cromwell Street on the 15th of April, and just five days later, Rose West was rearrested. Another five days after her rearrest, Rose made her first appearance in court with a joint murder charge of Linda Goff. West continued to cooperate with investigators and revealed the whereabouts of the remains of his first wife, his lover, and his daughter, Charmaine. All of them had been buried away from the Cromwell Street house. On the 5th of May, 1994, Fred West appeared in court yet again, only this time he was accused of 10 murders. On the 6th of May, 1994, just one day after her husband, Rose West appeared in court, accused on five joint murder charges with Fred. Twenty days later, she was charged with the murder of her daughter, Heather West. On the 30th of June, both Fred and Rose appeared together for the first time. This was at Gloucester Magistrates Court. Not only, not long after this, Fred was charged with the murder of Anne McFall. Almost one month after the pair had appeared together at Gloucester Magistrates Court on the 27th of July, the Gloucester Coroner's Inquest formally identified the remains of Catherine West, Charmaine West and Anne McFall. Following this, on the 3rd of August, Fred West dismissed his solicitor, Howard Ogden, and appointed Bristol solicitors, Roberts McCann, as his defence. During all of this, on the 2nd of November 1994, an All Souls Day service was hosted in Gloucester Cathedral for those affected by the events at Cromwell Street. A day later, Toby Miles, a Bristol solicitor, confirmed that Charles Barton QC and Martin Steen had withdrawn from Fred's defence team and the junior barrister, Martin Picton, was appointed. On the 13th of December, Rodney Clavan, QC was confirmed as being the leader of Fred West's defence team. As the case developed, Rose increasingly attempted to distance herself from Fred West. 
She tried to claim that she was also a victim, but this didn't convince police of her innocence, especially given the sheer number of murders which had occurred and her participation in the R-word. However, on the 1st of January 1995, Fred West escaped justice when he was found hanging in a cell while detained on remand at HM Prison, Birmingham. Fred West had created an improvised rope and bound it before sinking to his knees. In his cell, they found a note. It read, quote, To Rose West, Stephen May. While Rose is your birthday on the 29th of November 1994, and you will be 41, and still beautiful, and still lovely, and I love you, we will always be in love. The most wonderful thing in my life was when I met you. I love is special to us. So love, keep your promises to me. You know what they are. Where we are put together forever and ever is up to you. We loved Heather, both of us. I would love Charmaine to be with Heather and Rena. You will always be Mrs. West, all over the world. This is important to me and you. I, have got, I haven't got you a present, but all I have is my life. I will give it to you, my darling. When you are ready, come to me. I will be waiting for you. At the bottom of the... Oh, end quote. At the bottom of the note was a gravestone written... And written within was... In loving mem... At the bottom of the note was a gravestone and written within was, quote, In loving memory, Fred West and Rose West. Rest in peace where no shadow falls. In perfect peace he waits for Rose, his wife, end quote. It's fitting, then, that he did not get his wish. Fred's body was cremated at a crematorium in Coventry on the 29th of March 1995. The service was attended by only four of his children and it was a quick five-minute thing. There were no hymns sung and the reverend of the service also included the reminder that, quote, we must also remember everyone else who suffered because of these tragic events, end quote. And what happened to his remains remains up for contention, as some believe that he had his ashes scattered at a Welsh seaside resort that he would regularly holiday at throughout his life, and some believe that his ashes are buried in an unmarked grave in the city of Coventry. Rose West would go on trial on the 3rd of October 1995. The media swarmed the case like flies. Witnesses testified to her participation in the essay on young women and one key witness was none other than Anna Marie. Her defence counsel attempted to argue that evidence of assault wasn't evidence of murder. However, when Rose testified on her own behalf, she single-handedly slaughtered the argument of the defence. Her own violent nature and dishonesty became ever clearer to the jury. It was unanimous as she was found guilty on 10 separate counts of murder on the 22nd of November 1995. For this, she received a life sentence, having to serve a minimum of 25 years in prison. Rose West's sentence would later be extended to a whole life order sentence by the Home Secretary. This effectively removed any possibility of parole. Rose West refused to accept her fate and launched appeals in 1996 and 2000. She claimed variously that new evidence had come to light that would clear her name. Then, she claimed that the huge media interest had prevented her from receiving a fair and unbiased trial. The appeal made in 1996 was rejected and she would later drop the second one. 
She remains incarcerated to this day. The media response. The horrors uncovered at 25 Cromwell Street led to the house being dubbed by the media as the House of Horrors, and it became a media feast, as it would be, uh, as it would best be described. The unfolding investigation was under the eyes of the world's press, and this led to some journalists acting re- reprehensibly and unashamedly as the competition grew. They did this under the guise of public interest, but actuality, it was more for their own bank balances as per the norm. The behaviour was frustrating for investigators and simply added to the financial cost. But what made this exponentially worse was that the media coverage actually threatened the investigation's integrity in achieving and presenting evidence. This almost resulted in the trial of Rosemary West to be halted, and it had already been decreed by Justice Mantel that in this event there would be no retrial, meaning that Rosemary West would have been freed. The West Daughters In an interview with the Daily Mail, Mae West had a lot to say regarding her mother and her childhood, and in this section we are going to cover as much as we can. It seems like many, May is desperate for answers regarding the death of her sister, Heather. May is quoted as telling the Daily Mail, quote, When Rose wrote to me from prison, her letters arrived every week and said she'd try to be a proper mom and tell me whatever I needed to know. I decided to ask her about Heather when I next visited her. May is quoted as saying, And I watched her squirm. I thought, she's not going to give me an honest answer for all her promises, and she never has done. You never got straight answers. It makes it worse for the families of victims because she's she's the only one alive now who knows the truth, and yet she hasn't told it. She stops writing to me. I'm not on her visitors list anymore. It's quite a relief to end contact with her because it had become a burden. In an end quote, in an interview, May revealed how her mom had stood by her uncle. At in the interview, May revealed how her mom had stood by as her uncle R-worded her as a five-year-old, and that her father believed it was a parental duty to break in his daughters. May spoke about how her half-sister Anne-Marie was R-worded by Fred as an eight-year-old, and then. And that Rose was a, was a participant in the assault. She visited her mum in prison for 10 years, would pander to her mother's demands for cash and clothes up until breaking contact with her in the mid-2000s. During another interview with Good Morning Britain, Mae West said that she didn't think her father had ever stopped murdering people. She believed that he had just stopped using their home to bury the bodies. This belief has grown into a much more widespread one with many believing that Fred and Rose West's victims numbered far more than the 12 which they were charged with. Anne-Marie West wrote a book about growing up with the two heinous serial killer parents, titled Out of the Shadows, Fred West's Daughter Tells Her Harrowing Story of Survival. The synopsis for the book on Goodreads is as follows. The horrifying life story of Anne-Marie West Fred West's eldest daughter, brought up by Fred and Rose West until the age of 15, when she ran away from home. Anne's mother and two sisters were murdered, but her story unfolds as one of hope and survival. 
gather around detectives it's that time in the episode where we're going to have a brief break relax take a breather from all of that and give you this week's true crime quiz time question get your detective hats and let's see if you know the answer to the following question tortured our word and mutilated over 190 boys and young men in the 1990s, Colombia. He posed as a monk to lure his victims, mostly street kids, promising drinks or cash. He was jailed for 1,853 years, but under Colombian law, imprisonment is limited to 40 years, and he got another 18 knocked off for helping police to find his victims' corpses. Which killer does this profile belong to? If you think you know the answer, then let us know in the comment section below if you're listening to us on YouTube or TikTok. And click that subscribe button so that you don't miss out on next week's episode where we will give you the answer. Now, let's get back to the case and discuss the aftermath. The victim count doesn't stop just because the pair have been apprehended. As sadly, the aftermath of this tragic case becomes all the more heartbreaking, as their victim count grew, though this time through indirect action. This is the list of people who elected to no longer exist. John West, he was Fred's brother, and he was found hanging in a garage of his home. At the time of his death, he was awaiting a verdict from the jury in his trial for the alleged multiple R words of his niece at Cromwell Street. Terence Crick was found in his car in 1996. At 48 years old, he had known Fred whilst living in the caravan park in 1969. Throughout his time knowing Fred, he had reported him to the police on many occasions. Terence is reported as having believed this to be due to the fact that police ignored his reports as Fred was a, well-known, as Fred was a known police informant. The inquest heard how Terence struggled with tremendous guilt over, over this, which had led him to take his own life. Barry West, who claimed that when he was seven years old, he had witnessed the brutal murder of his sister, Heather. He had been battling with drug addiction and psychiatric problems through most of his life as a result of the trauma and abuse that he had endured in childhood. Ultimately, he lost his battle in 2020 when he suffered from a fatal overdose. And although he didn't die, Stephen West also made an attempt on his life in 2002. In 2004, he also served a month-long sentence for the unlawful sex with a 14-year-old on multiple occasions. The West home at 25 Cromwell Street, dubbed the House of Horrors by the media, has since been demolished and in its place is a pathway that leads to the town centre. Rose was the focus of media attention in January 2003, when a rumour emerged that she was going to marry Dave Glover, the bass player for the rock group Slade. Glover disputed that there was an engagement and claimed that the media attention over his letters to Rose had cost him his position with Slade. On the 19th of May 2021, it was reported by BBC News that police were searching for a body at a cafe in Gloucester. This was after they'd been contacted by documentary filmmakers due to material they had uncovered at the cafe. The search was linked to Mary Bastone, 
who went missing from the city centre on the 6th of January 1968. She was 15 at the time of her disappearance. She has never been found. West was suspected over her disappearance because he and Rose visited the cafe regularly, which is now known as the Clean Plate. Not only this, but Fred's first victim, Anne McFall, also worked at the cafe. On the day of her disappearance, Mary had tea with her parents and left with a carrier bag containing a Monopoly set at 7.15pm. She was set to catch the bus at 7.25pm. It had been arranged for her to meet her boyfriend five minutes later, but she wasn't on the bus. Her boyfriend began to suspect something was wrong when she wasn't on the following bus either. None of them would ever see Mary again and her body has never been located. Since the West were known for picking up victims at bus stops, a theory emerged that Fred had offered Mary a lift before murdering her. A team of private investigators who were working as part of a team for an ITV documentary titled Fred and Rose West Reopened uncovered documents that had previously remained unseen. Among these documents included a witness statement from Fred West's appropriate adult, Janet Leach. Before unaliving himself, Fred had told police that he wasn't involved in Mary's disappearance. However, it was claimed by Leach that he confessed to knowing she was killed and who was responsible. Her statement says, quote, He told me many things which he would not tell the police. Fred spoke about Mary Bastone. He said he picked her up but did not kill her. John and Rose killed her. However, Leach's full statement was never shared during the trial, nor was it made public until recently. Though she did not want to speak with the programme, the team did speak with Chris Roberts, who remembered Mary and thought that West did some work in the basement. He said, quote, Mary was missing in January 1968. In the week following that, on two occasions, I walked down the road 50 yards from where I worked and saw Fred removing what I would say looked like concrete bags or sandbags from his van and putting them over his shoulder and carrying them into the cafe. It wasn't until laterally that I realised what could have happened. End quote. The senior investigator on the case, DCI John Turner, said that they didn't know for certain whether or not West did basement renovations. The programme investigation team, led by former Detective Chief Inspector Colin Sutton, conducted their own search in the basement of the cafe in May 2021. They used an endoscopic camera to look under the concrete floor at where they discovered evidence of some buried blue material. This was very alarming for them because Mary was wearing a blue coat and cardigan the day she went missing. They alerted the Gloucestershire police immediately and a major investigation to excavate the footings using ground penetrating radar and sniffer dogs to search for human remains was launched. This was a tough time for Mary's family. Her niece, Helen Davies, revealed that her father had carried a picture of Mary everywhere he went in his wallet until the day he passed away. During day seven of the search, the police did locate the source of the blue material and found that it was from a smashed pipe which had given the appearance of blue material. They continued to search around the anomalies in the basement, but unfortunately concluded that her remains weren't present beneath the floor. After three months of investigating, the documentary team handed their findings to the police who initiated a new operation, and as far as we are aware, the investigation is still ongoing. 
Unfortunately, both Mary's parents passed away before being able to get closure and learn what happened to their daughter. Though it is eerie that her father, Christian, predicted that she was taken by someone she knew at the cafe. When asked about her disappearance in 1972, two years after she had gone missing, Christian said, It's rather difficult to say, but one thing I will always say is this. She did not go away on her own. For a young girl like that to evade the police for so long, well, she'd have to be a master of the game, wouldn't she? Personally, I think she took a lift from someone she knew. This could have been someone perhaps who came into the cafe. In May 2023, Rose West was urged by her solicitor to finally tell the truth about the murders and her involvement. Leo Goatley has represented her since she was first arrested, and according to the Mirror, he said the following, quote, There is an awful lot Rose knows that she hasn't revealed. There isn't much that Fred did that she wasn't aware of. If her inner journey has really gone anywhere since she has been in prison, there are things that she should say that would help the families of her victims. To start with, she could clear up the Mary Basson disappearance. This blanket pleading of total ignorance of everything that happened is just daft at this point. Also, she could very simply clear up if there are other victims that we don't know about. With that, we should maybe go into our thoughts and opinions. Echo, would you like to start? Yes, please. I would like to start. Because <laughs> um, by God, I think we have a lot of opinions on this. And my first is holy hell. I can see why the media dubbed it the House of Horrors. Having researched the depravity and brutality behind the crimes, it's truly disgusting. What does bother me about this case is that two of Fred's daughters went missing and it seems no one really questioned it. To me, that would be very suspicious, but it was a very different time. My heart does go out to the West children for what they endured. The level of abuse and essentially brainwashing that they went through. I can only imagine how hard it's been for each of them. I'd also like to take this moment to think about the victims and their families, especially Mary Baston. I hope that one day her family receives closure and her remains are found so that they can be laid to rest accordingly. Each victim was a person. They had a life, family, hopes and dreams and all of that was stolen from them by a deeply deranged couple for their own gratification and that honestly makes me feel physically sick. The very least Rose could do is finally speak the truth and until the day she does, I will hope with every fibre of my being that if there is a hell, she will be going to the darkest pit of it for the rest of eternity. No one is falling for the act and the lies. All anyone wants now is the truth and it's not like she'll ever be a free woman again. So I don't understand why she's still trying to hide behind the facade. Her children don't exactly talk to her anymore and from what I've read she's now closed off from the world and isn't exactly in good health right now either so why can't she just say the truth? I move that we never refer to Rose as a West ever again. That we make a conscious effort to not make Fred's final wishes come to fruition from this day forward. They are a horrible, horrible pair responsible for so much pain. My thoughts go out to every single victim of these horrible people. 
I want to discuss a little bit of possible reasons for certain things from a psychological point of view. Um, I've talked previously in episodes various about the criminology belief that trauma and traumatic childhoods and stuff um, are often things that follow behind serial killers and in that regard Fred and Rose are textbook from the troubles at home all the way up to the violent sexual history with basic recall I believe that they are ticking an awful lot of boxes and I think that had mental health and understanding of the potential effect that their kind of upbringing can have on the individual been more on par with what it is now perhaps they would have been able to get counselling and it might not have been quite so bad that being said Fred suffered a number of injuries to the head and head injuries can change how you are as a person because your brain is what makes you you so if the part of his brain that controlled his violent tendencies received a massive wad-up then he would become a violent and changed person i think at this point rose is not coming forward with information because it's about control she will come forward when she is on her deathbed and realizes she wants to see her children and will bribe them with that information and we still won't have the entire truth she is a cretin i truly hope that she would have time to reflect and become a better person and be honest But as the saying go, if ifs and buts were sweets and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. So that's all for this week's episode. Please don't forget to click that subscribe button and tune in for next week's episode. And we hope to see you again. Uh, Please also don't forget to join us on Facebook, Threads, Instagram, TikTok, and all our other social medias. And without detectives, I'm going to bid you all adieu. Bye. Bye.